Welcome to the 26th episode of the Cranky Flyer Interview, sponsored by Ontario International Airport. Last week, I headed east. Okay, it wasn't that far east. I just went to Riverside to interview Rob McKinney, the CEO of Northern Pacific Airlines. Rob was in town along with hundreds of others for the airline's livery rollout at San Bernardino International Airport, where the paintwork was done. But before that, I was able to spend 15 minutes with Rob talking about his plans. Northern Pacific, as you'll soon find out, is planning on connecting the continental U.S. and North Asia via Anchorage using 757s. This is going to be an uphill battle for the airline, competing in markets that are normally flooded with seats, but today are virtually non-existent thanks to continuing pandemic rules. Rob is not deterred. But before we get into the interview, I want to again thank our presenting sponsor, Ontario International Airport. ONT is excited about the strong recovery they've had in 2021, reaching 97% of pre-pandemic levels, and are looking forward to growing further this year. That's no surprise, since for the past four years, ONT has been America's fastest-growing airport as recognized by Global Traveler. Throughout the pandemic, ONT has been a leader in keeping passengers safe. It even earned the coveted Airport Health Accreditation by the Airports Council International. That dedication to safety has made ONT a model of resiliency and allowed them to keep a greater share of passenger volumes throughout the pandemic than all but two other airports. Whether it's easy parking, quick movement through their terminals, or access to great amenities, ONT makes SoCal feel so easy. Visit flyonto.com, that's flyonto.com for more information. And now, here's Rob. All right, so uh, this is quite the event you've put together here it today, uh, and it's just for the unveiling of the livery, right? We're Correct. Not, we're not talking specific routes, launch dates, any of this. this, this we can is... talk about focus cities, but we're not through the DOT approval process, so right. it would not be appropriate for me to speak direct routes. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, we don't need to talk about the livery. I'll see that later. But I, I let, let's start with the, the idea. So this is the... Iceland Air of the Pacific. Pacific. That's exactly it. Over Anchorage. Yes. Um, longer distances. Yes. And potentially, well, presumably fewer places you can reach in Asia with the aircraft than, say, Iceland Air can do in, in Europe. Is that? That's fair, yeah. Okay. Uh, so what <clears throat> makes you think that this is going to work in this form now? Well, we looked at the numbers, and the, and the numbers support that easily there's uh, enough traffic, even without growing the traffic, to fill a narrow body from the cities that we're, we're focusing on a day. <clears throat> so, and, and it's not seasonal. The, some people have gotten stuck on, well, who's going to want to go to Anchorage in the winter? Well, we're not going to Anchorage. You're going from Asia to the U.S. or U.S. to Asia over Anchorage. Now, eventually, our goal is to get to the stop and spend some time in Alaska, but it's it's a connector. So... We think that there's plenty of traffic there to justify it. So what do the numbers say then? I mean, you're just saying based on the capacity that maybe was in the market in 19, I guess, a a pre-pandemic look, that there's a fair amount that you see as being unserved? We, we do. We, well, we think that we can come in with, with a better price point that by, by offering a different product where we're not tankering fuel all the way across the Pacific and uh, operating a, you know, a, a cheaper narrow body that you know, we can be in the LCC space and offer a price that maybe people uh, can't afford to travel now and they will be able to travel on us. So th- I'm, I'm curious more about that. So 
I mean, the, the cost piece is something else which we'll get to, but in terms of the fares, I mean, generally, outside of peak seasons, it seems like economy fares can be pretty cheap across the Pacific. It depends on, on the time of week, and, and we, you know, we watch them pretty closely, and, uh, you know, they're, they're more expensive than I think some people realize. Like, if you shop and you, you grab some special fare or some lost leader or something, yeah, you can, you can get some pretty inexpensive things. But on average, in general, that we believe we can come in under the average fare. Do you have a, a guideline? I'm, obviously, I'm not holding you to the specific yeah. fare, but do you have, you know, saying we're going to come in X percent below the average or, or a think, certain number? Yeah, we think we can always get 10% below, but we, you know, we, we think on some routes we can even maybe get achieve 25% less. 25%. 10%, you know, maybe there are some people that'll do that, but still you're adding anchor, you're adding stop. <laughs> well, yes and no. It depends. Like if you're going from Osaka or Nagoya, you're subtracting stops because you're, that's right. like a three or four stop endeavor to get someplace in the United States versus over us, it's one stop. Now, you are adding a stop if you're coming from Seoul or Tokyo. However, depending on what your port of entry is, you might be standing in a three-hour-long queue to get through customs and immigration where it's going to be a quick 20 minutes in Anchorage. In, in Anchorage. And so your whole trip time is going to be about the same. In terms of costs of, of the 7.5, I guess for now it's the 7.5. Eventually mm -hmm. it'll probably be an XLR or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, what sort of cost advantage do you think you can achieve? Just say it was West Coast to Tokyo, um, you know, a, a nonstop versus on a wide body versus a 757 going through Anchorage. On a seat cost perspective, how much lower do you expect to be able to come in? Well, I mean, all we have is like the, the published, you know, chasms of the other airlines. But, you know, we think we can do it for two, two and a half cents less. A seat mile? Two, two and a half cents. And is that mostly a function? You had mentioned tankering fuel earlier, but it's that. It, it's also shorter stages and the 7.5 specifically. Yeah, all those things. And that we don't have to fill up the expense of a large body just between two points. That we can funnel four cities into five and then the opportunity to make sure that the planes reach a critical load factor yeah. is and easier. This, and that is, I think, a, an important part of this is what what do you consider to be scale? Where does it work? Um, you know how many how many airplanes do you need to have feeding each other for it to work? With I think we can't skinny this down any more than probably eight planes to to launch. Where our goal is to start with twelve, but then our, our our ultimate goal is to scale it to fifty. But eight planes is is what four four destinations coming in, or or is it all? I, I guess I, I don't know what the distance is. I mean, all of these I guess are out and backs. Um, so is that eight planes coming in and eight planes going right back Six out? Six or seven would be. Destination. We can, yeah, because we have to have maintenance spares and you, know, you can't sure. use the entire fleet. But that's what you think it'll take <coughs> to yeah. be able to fill the airplanes adequately, to mix yeah. the... To make it, the, yeah, the, the, the diminishing return kind of falls off if you yeah. try to... And what it, what is the the timings? How does this work? I mean, we know Iceland Air, you know, you tend to get it in the morning and then it goes over to Europe right after, and then it comes back, and then it comes back again. So how, how are you going to be structuring this? Sure. So all of our uh, planes will overnight at the destination. So it's you know early morning, late night at the ends, and then they all come into Anchorage to somewhere midday, somewhere between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., and then they go back and out. Go back out. So it'll be, I mean, does that mean early morning departure from 
yeah. from Asia? Yes. Okay, so it's very different than yes most Asian flying now. Uh-huh. And is that anything you've done research in in terms of what people are? Is that something they see as a feature, or is that something they're going to have to, um, you know? It, it, it could go. It could be a feature or a bug. Um, yeah. We it's, we do you know done a little bit of focus grouping. Seems like it's not going to be an insurmountable uh, issue. Okay. And westbound will be similar to yeah. most timing. So it's really just the eastbound because you need to get the utilization right uh, to do all that. All right. Well, that yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about the cities then. Um, so you have obviously Anchorage in the middle. I've seen some mentions of cities that you've talked about. You obviously can't say yet uh, exactly. I can say what cities we're looking at, but they're not routes. As right, as right. <laughs> make that distinction. So, how, yeah, how are you looking? You know, what's what's the top of the list? What are the features in a city that you're looking at versus uh, what comes later and so, what's not there at all? So we're we're really hoping for launch. We're in Tokyo, Seoul, uh, Osaka, Nagoya. Okay. And then we're hoping that we're we're going to be in uh, L.A., San Francisco, Las Vegas, Orlando, and New York. So why L.A. and San Francisco specifically when there is ample nonstop service to Asia already? We talked earlier about subtracting connections. That wouldn't be the case from an L.A. or San Francisco. Just the, the traffic data supports that there is so much traffic going, even though there's lots of options, that if we have a, a superior product and that we're at a reasonable price point, that we'll still be able to fill a plane. So this is the, this is the spill carrier uh, model out it, of those cities. It, it, could, it could be. We, I mean, we really do think we're going to have a, you know, a superior product with our unique loyalty program, with the ability to do the stopover, yeah. uh, cutting-edge in-flight entertainment. You know, I think there's, there's enough things that... For people to choose Northern Pacific. Tell me about the unique loyalty program. What is unique about it? It's what's unique about it. Instead of getting a point or a mile that expires or has blackout dates or is very difficult to trade into something else, is ours is going to be based on cryptocurrency. And so you will get real cryptocurrency as your loyalty that then you can take to exchanges and trade to other cryptocurrencies. You can trade it back into fiat money. And then we're in talks with both the Ted Stevens Airport and the city of Anchorage so that all the merchants locally will accept Flycoin as a direct form of payment. So this is your own cryptocurrency? It is. And how, so you'd have to find an exchange? We're we're in talks with several exchanges right now. Our goal is to get two, maybe three exchanges that people can use to To trade. Would you be able to use it? On Northern Pacific? Oh, of course. Okay. It, and it, it's always guaranteed value. And that's why it's going to be classified a utility token instead of a security because the it won't drop below two cents per flight coin. For, if you're for, spending, on, if you're spending on Northern Pacific. Okay. All right. That was a little bit of a tangent, but I was curious about it. Yeah. <laughs> so if we go back to the city. So LA, San Francisco, just big markets. You think you can skim? 180 seats a day, yeah. Yeah, and, and get it going. Um, Orlando, <clears throat> far. I assume, though, is that more about Asia point of sale? Yeah. And do you do you have the ability to, to draw that? I mean, do you have how are you ginning up Asia point of sale? Well, there's there's MIDT data that you can just pull. That you know, that's no. I mean, how available. are you going to generate it for Northern oh, Pacific? Oh, like, how I, are you going to get saying. those we're, people to fly we're, you? We're in talks with uh, GSAs that we're going to use that as the as the main 
um, sales agent in, okay. in those markets, and then we're entering into agent-specific GDSs, and you know, as well as other, you know, the BSP out there, so they can pay in their own form of currency. Okay, yeah, but there, there's no. I, I guess what I was getting at in a really roundabout, silly way was there's no partnering strategy here. Are you trying to find partners that you can connect we, into over there? Well, there, there's like the Value Alliance, so we've had conversations with them. Yeah. So that would be a partner to to bring traffic into one of our cities that then we take on across the Pacific. Yeah. Okay. And would help with local point of sale. Yes. I mean, we've, we've seen that with Hawaiian, right? Yeah, yeah. Working with them. that They've already developed some, but it helps them to do something like right. that. So that is part of that. Yeah. New York, uh, another big market, I guess. Um, but this, so this really just, the way that it'll work, I mean, Orlando's so much further than in LA, but I guess it's just a shorter overnight is, is how you're going to structure it. Well, in Orlando, is pretty much the same distance as Seoul. Yeah, going that way. Yeah. yeah. When you're going, and I know you can get to Orlando, but when you're going the other way, can you get to all these places without weight restrictions? Do you think this will work? Uh, and the summer works easy. It gets a little tighter in the winter with winter winds, going but west. we're we're there's a, a feature that we're working on adding uh, that is a, it's an ox fuel tank that adds another hour onto the range of a seven five, and yeah. with that, then we can always make it. So, what do you see as your your range capability into Asia? 4,000 miles. What is that? I mean, I can look that up, but what, <laughs> what well, does that get Well, Seoul, Seoul was on the edge, yeah, and so Orlando's Seoul, on the edge. So those those two are, you know, 3,900. Right. So it's Seoul, it's Japan, China. Eventually. Maybe. I mean, we're, we're in talks with Harbin. They, they oh. were looking at a revenue guarantee scenario back in 2019, but obviously China has a long way to come China's before that. Sh- <laughs> China's pretty shut down it right is, now, yeah. so that's, that's not yeah, really that's, that's definitely back burner. Uh, okay, so but it is fairly narrow the number of cities potentially on the Asian side. This this will be more about how can how much can you gather, and then do you if you can gather more in the U.S. you add more frequency? Is that to Asia or sure sure yeah we can, yeah we can scale and because you say fifty airplanes and just how do you, where do those fifty airplanes go? Is what well, I'm not all of those are going to be seven fifty seven. So eventually, by the time we're getting to fifty airplanes, we're talking wide bodies with more options oh. and going more places. Oh, so you do want to get into wide bodies eventually, not just a replacement for the seven five. You, you actually want to get into get into wide bodies because then that opens up belly cargo opportunities that's really not there with a narrow body and yeah. does other things. But it's just, it just increases the risk substantially out of the gate to have to fill that many seats. Yeah, right. But is the plan still Anchorage no matter what? Or the Anchorage is no matter what. Now, do we add on and start going to other places point to point that doesn't touch Anchorage? Probably. Well, I'm just talking about in the initial business plan, though. You're, initial mean, business as you plan, put it together, it's all, it's all Anchorage. It all comes through to Anchorage. Yeah, because that's where the North Terminal is sitting empty. That's where right. it's geolocated perfectly for us. We're already there. We have infrastructure there. We have employees there. Right from Raven. Yeah. Right? So it's the, the same people that do Raven will be doing It's the same company. Right. Yeah. But it's not. It's a different certificate. Though. It's not. Oh, it's, it's not. The same it's just a different aircraft. Yeah. So you have so, to get that added to the certificate. Right. So we're adding the aircraft and adding international. I see. So that's why you can do it uh, more Quickly. easily than yeah. others, I guess. Uh, okay. Right now, Asia is still pretty shut down. Yeah. What is your timeline on this, and, and when do you think this will make sense to actually start flying these airplanes? Well, our, our goal is that... Um, we're shooting for Q3, but more realistic is probably being Q4 of this year. It's um, a tough time to start an airline in the winter over the over the oceans. Well, um, it is what it is. It's like <laughs> it, it, there's never a perfect time to to do something like this. And yeah. um, but if, if things don't open up and we have to pivot, we have to pivot. Yeah, right. So you'll you'll delay until there's we'll delay or we'll shuffle back. shuffle cities. You yeah. know, there's 
you know different things that we have in the in the quiver. Okay, so we'll Q three or Q four maybe we'll we'll find out. I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for your time. Absolutely, not great meeting you. And with that, my fifteen minutes were up, and it was time for Rob to move on. Will the airline make it? Well, I'm sure you all have some opinions on that. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, Ontario International Airport. Whether it's easy parking, quick movement through their terminals, or access to great amenities, ONT makes SoCal feel so easy. Visit flyonto.com for more information. Again, that's flyonto.com for more information. And that's all for now. Until next time.